0: welcome to genre exposure a film podcast join us as we explore the wide world of cinema broaden our horizons one movie at a time i'm one of your hosts dustin and as usual i am here with michael hey everybody and jason hey everyone for the first time in a long time what's up guys how you doing doing good doing hey. better than michael sitting with us <laughs> hey yeah yes. man, we hey. missed you hey. your warmth fills up the room this is our special guest that I teased, but did not reveal to not uh, jinx us again. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: No, no shit happened.
0: <laughs> no,
1: everything is actually pretty calm at my house right now. I just All fucked right. it up right now. Yeah, don't no, tell
2: me what's going on now. Um, but no. also my birthday, so this must be a birthday miracle. Happy birthday, man. Thank you.
1: I came in my birthday suit <laughs> just for your birthday.
2: That's the present after we record. <laughs> yeah, no, it's happening right now. Uh-oh. No, you could have gotten <laughs> waited to get naked until you got here instead of driving <laughs> naked. <laughs> this... <laughs> I was hoping I got pulled over. (laughs) I was just like, ooh, please. (laughs) That's your thing now. Uh Uh-oh, officer. (laughs) (laughs) I seem to have forgotten my pants.
0: Uh, Yeah, we set this up. There were certain genres that if it was all possible, you had to deal back in on, and science fiction is one of them. Hell yeah. So we are continuing our block with Michael's pick, Moon, from 2009, directed by Duncan Jones. And I had a lot of trouble picking, so we'll
1: see see what you guys thought.
0: I think there's some interesting parallels to... Quiet Earth, Earth. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, but first, we're going to do all our usual stuff. We're going to talk about what we've been watching. I've got a shout-out and also a correction for the prior episode. <gasps> <laughs> we were wrong about something? Um, no, I basically made a promise I didn't pay out on. So, at the start of the episode, I had Add that... Add that to
1: the list of promises you didn't <laughs> <haven't> paid <laughs> yeah. out on. I know. So Fuck me, right? Much, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I brought that film book, and I said I was going to read their entry on Quiet Earth, and uh, then... Yeah. Two hours later when we were exhausted, I forgot to do that. Right. So a real quick summary of what the person that made that book thought was. It's a good film. It's a compelling film, but it's not like a masterpiece. So it's pretty much right about where we were. Yeah, that's
2: exactly where we were. Yeah.
0: Uh, Fun times. So our shout out. This got brought to my attention and I thought I would share it on here. Um, Since we've been covering Indian cinema on and off now Mm -hmm. and again. And we recently did one, uh, Monica Oh My Darling. So... Um. Obviously, I think for all three of us, that's like a new frontier in general. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're still not totally sure where we fall, but there's been some good, some bad. I like bad. a
2: lot. Yeah. Two moms um, was really good, too.
0: Yeah. I mean... 13B. It's no 13B. Look <laughs> at it. Less said. Um, but no, I, I brought to the attention of this uh, author who does books on Indian cinema. His name's uh, Balaji Vital, and he wrote a book about R.D. Berman. He's like a very famous film related individual for Indian cinema and his most recent book, which has a killer title is pure evil, the bad men of Bollywood. And it's all about chronicling, like all the like major villains and sort of like bad characters that have cropped up over the years throughout Bollywood cinema and kind of like breaking them down and their roles and their stories and stuff like that. That's fun. Um, Love books on film. That's a good direction to look in. If you're wanting to learn more about Indian cinema, Um, I'm probably going to pick one or two of those up and check them out myself. Cool. Expand my knowledge a little bit. Cause go. Yeah, I'm still like, I've I've dug a lot of the ones we've watched on here, so I'm wanting to go more, and I think maybe a book would help uh, orient that. Books on film! (laughs) Yeah! Books
1: on film!
0: Balaji Vital, look him up, check out his books. Uh, I noticed they were on Amazon, so it seems pretty easy and accessible. You were singing that in your head, too, right? Not until you did it.
1: No. As soon as he said books on film, it was just
2: like, no. I mean, I get it now, but. Um, so with that out of the way... It's good away, to have you back, Michael, even for, even for one episode.
0: Getting us our copy strikes, just like we yep. were. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you're welcome. It's been too safe for you all. <laughs> it's okay. We don't really care about our YouTube channel. Um, Whoa. <gasps> I mean
2: i'm sure some people watch it some some of our videos
0: have like thousands of views
2: because they think it's the movie
0: yeah i think that's just because like inflatable sex doll has sex in the title right so people are like i type in sex what comes up and then that comes up and they're like there's no pictures it's every 11 year old boy <laughs> searching just sex oh <laughs> boobs we're sorry we have boobs. disappointed you mm-hmm. um what have you fuckers been watching wow michael oh
2: like I, okay first yeah piece? i'll go
1: uh, this is a brand spanking new one. Uh huh. A new one. Ooh, fresh. Um, I have, I think I brought the, fr- this is a sequel, Extraction 2. hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I brought up the first one before
2: on the podcast, or at least I've bugged you all about needing to watch it. I actually did break down and watch it.
1: Oh, yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I liked it. So, I, I still, thought it was a fine action film. I still have not. It's from director Sam Hargrave, um, who, like, is a, Classic stuntman, like mm-hmm. he's done. Oh, you could tell he's done everything. Directed by a stunt dude. Um, it's just like these incredible action sequences that are so well choreographed that they don't look choreographed. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a little bit of gun in it. You know, yeah, a lot John of John Wickisms. a lot of John Wick Love references. It. But I think this, I think the Extraction universe, and I'm going to call it that now because it expands upon it in the second one, and then now we're getting a third one. Mm-hmm. Um. So
0: the extraction verse. I'm liking these action films going like series length, like John Wick, you know.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: It's um, honestly, so I really liked the first one. I thought it actually had some heart to it as well. I mm-hmm. thought the character had a bit of depth. They explore it more in the second one. Um, they do feel kind of like a stuntman reel. Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, like the previses that they put together. Yeah, like a demo reel. But when it's in the right hands and you have like... A good camera behind it and like mm. a really good director of photography that shit looks great like mm-hmm. it's just nice. great action sequences that you feel so
2: what, what, what's my one complaint about the first one it's uneven uh a little a little uneven but my <laughs> biggest complaint is it's too long you know Fifteen twenty 20 minutes could have been cut easily from that movie.
1: I There's actually probably about 10 minutes that could be cut from Extraction 2. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. Um, but they hit hard on some of the emotional development of the character. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I don't know how the fucker's
1: alive, man. Well, they go into that, and it's really interesting. Okay. Because um, they keep him alive, and he's like, when he wakes up, he's like, what the fuck? Why the fuck am I here? Okay. Like... Hmm. I got what I wanted, mm-hmm. and why am I here? And it kind of explores more of the like friendship. Is he supernatural?
2: Is he undead? No, no, oh, it's not. It's, it's not, not like excited uh, there for a minute.
1: Oh, no, he said it expanded the universe. Yeah. So. What, what was that piece of shit, Brimstone? Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that last time, too. You <laughs> of, How
1: did you not know he's a demon? How did you not know he's undead? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not intuitive. We saw him get his fucking throat slashed. We saw him. Break. Maybe he's Tyler Rake from Extraction, and he oh, totally fine. Oh man! Uh, no, I do think they upped the action in the second one, which is kind of like the John Wick thing. Like, how do you keep doing yeah, more and more and more, and, and actually make it fun? Um, I just felt like it, it was. It was just really, I don't know. It was hard hitting. It was good. I think if you liked the first one, totally watch the second one. Also, Idris Elba pops up. Ooh. So. Nice. He's fucking awesome and everything. He's only in two scenes, but he steals both of them. Yeah. Um, As he does. Yeah. So, Extraction 2, that is on Netflix. Just came out uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. So, Can you catch the first one on there, too? Yeah. They're nice. Netflix exclusives. Solid. So, yeah. I would totally... If you like action at all.
2: Yeah. Unlike certain <laughs> Disney properties, they won't <laughs> scrub them completely from their streaming. Hey, Star uh, Trek Prodigy just got scrubbed. Did it really? Yeah. Ooh. From Paramount? Yeah. Seriously, yeah, they canceled it they
1: I read it this afternoon. they axed it, and they plan on removing it in a couple of months Uh-oh. bullshit. I yeah. haven't even watched it I but guess that's a- watch it. that's apparently rights issues though because they're apparently shopping for season two uh like they want it they've apparently already done it, hmm, mm. and so it's in the can. you'd think that Paramount would run their own property. I mean you'd think that they would do anything smart, but you know they keep canceling Star
0: Trek over and <laughs> over and over, <laughs> so.
1: Especially when people keep watching it and they still keep canceling
0: it. Mm. Yeah. You know. you know, speaking of these kinds of movies and like the, the John Wick comparisons, have you guys seen the latest Mission Impossible trailer? No, but I kinda like the movies, I'll be honest. Nah, no, it's watching like visually just the trailer, it's totally like pulling on the the John Wick chain. Have you seen the those? last couple? I think I'm like two behind.
1: The one with Cavill mm. was really good. Mm. Um, surprisingly. And I don't really like is that the one where he reloads his arms? Yeah, yeah the shotgun <laughs> arms. I love, I love that
2: shot
0: the way it looks. That's I don't, cool. I don't like Tom Cruise at all. I like, can't stand. You know me. I, I, that's why I haven't
2: watched him. I can't fucking stand
0: him. Eyes wide shut's about the only one I yeah. like him in.
2: He, I don't like him,
1: but I liked that one. You know, like I, he seems to be smart enough as a producer though, like to know who to surround himself with, and he keeps getting cool oh, yeah. actors to be around him. Yeah. So like Simon Pegg's been in the last five Mission right. Impossibles. Ving Rhames is always cool. Um, he's bringing in Haley Atwell in the new Ooh, one, and uh, she's killer. cool. So, yeah. I mean, it seems like he's smart enough to know, like, let's just keep bringing these <laughs> cool actors, because yeah. people are probably going to get tired of me. I don't think he thinks that. No, I don't think he would ever have that thought in his life. No. Well, I just got your podcast canceled, because I, you know, <laughs> shit he's, on He's Tom Cruise. just worried
2: at any moment, he might suddenly transcend to a higher plane of existence. <laughs> I just... Love
1: once,
0: once his theta <laughs> levels max out, right? Uh, now we're blacklisted by Scientology, too. Uh, oh, fuck those up. fuckers. If either of you were, if you got on here as like, we're now endorsed by Scientology, uh, I'd be like, well, you're wouldn't that be amazing assholes. if you're, you're gone for a few months and you come back and the first thing I do is like, sponsored by Scientology? Fuck <laughs> uh, Michael, here. we're going to live check your Thetan levels on air. <laughs> I'm gone.
2: I'm out. Are you ready to be audited, Michael?
0: Thetan this. This is our genre exposure
2: audit special. <laughs> Speaking of Star Trek. Yeah, okay. there you goes. There we go. Um, I discovered a series on Amazon. Discovered? Ooh. <laughs> God damn it. Um, uh, it's on Amazon. It's called The Center Seat, colon, 55 Years of Star Trek. Oh, oh is it kind of like a retrospective? Yeah, movie? it's like an 11-part series. It came out just last year, apparently. How
1: many times did you nut while watching it?
2: Uh, that's none of your business, <laughs> and I'm shocked you asked such a question. I'm just wondering if you broke the record. <laughs> no,
0: no. <laughs> you look a little more tired than
2: usual. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I hadn't heard about this. Usually, any Star Trek project, you know, pings on my uh-huh. radar pretty quickly. Yeah. So I just started devouring this, and it's pretty, I mean, it, a lot of it's just your typical talking heads, goofy shit, but they also, they don't pull any punches on some things. I mean,
0: there's a lot of cool, like, I've just stumbled upon reading things like background stories of the original production, and like, right. the writers, and what was going on, and the different ideas they were kicking around. Yeah, and they
2: touch on how some of them were completely shitty, mm-hmm. and like, you know, how Roddenberry wasn't always a great person. There was a lot like of uh,
0: people kind of thinking they had ownership of everything in yeah. a way, almost. And, right, yeah. certain actors being treated like shit.
2: Then they go into that some, but it's it's also just like a fun, and it goes through everything, like all the movies, all the series. Mm. So if you're a Trekkie out there, and you want to watch something, maybe you hadn't seen that, maybe you know you missed, check this
0: out. I'd watch that. Yeah, for sure, yeah, it's good. I love big, long, like documentary behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Glad yeah.
1: that went where that was.
0: Isolate that audio. Yeah, I like <laughs> big, long
2: <laughs> penises. Wags. <laughs> <laughs> What have you been watching? Um,
1: I just brought the maturity level down. Yeah. You guys have been like a That's, little too. I've missed this. A little too highbrow. Um,
0: I've got two because I've just been on that chain lately. So uh, I'll start with the bad one. So it, it's tied into a cool discovery though. So um, we were subscribed to one of those like TV cable streaming services because Tiffany has to watch certain shows that she really likes. And at the bottom of the service, they have all these like it's a streaming network and they have a live TV stream. And they just kind of all show up on there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's somewhat we know like uh, Retro Crush. You know they have all the old like 80s anime OVAs and stuff. They have a live channel, and I check it every now and again because like new ones get added. Mm-hmm. And Screenbox is now on there now, uh, with their own like live TV service of their content. So and- they're just playing something randomly mm-hmm. from the yeah. selections. Don't okay. they only have Terrifier? <laughs> is that like all they have? Hey, they've got the Cube uh, Japanese remake now. So they do have that new uh, Robert England documentary. I really want to watch. You know, Screenbox, you know they're they're coming up. I think. Yeah. Um. So I just left it on one night. I think Tiffany fell asleep, and I was kind of like, I eh, just put something on. And what just happened to be on is a little movie called I Am Lisa from 2020. Um, and wow, it's it's not good. Let's mm-hmm. just start there. No. Okay. Uh, show's over. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> uh no no it's 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 like this it's it tries to be too many things okay so at first it's this like small town things are kind of weird twin peaksy but also there's some crime going on kind of thing and there's like a corrupt sheriff and she kind of like backs her kids who like are bullying people and stuff and um the main character lisa like runs this little bookstore in town and she's like a bit of an outsider a little little gothy vibe to her um she's played by kristen vaganos who i didn't really recognize from anything it looks like she's done a lot of like lifetimey looking stuff or like direct to video horror films um She was the best part of it for sure. She had like a good charisma to her. It was just she was in this train wreck of a movie. Mm. And and so there's the first part of it is like her kids are like bullying her and like messing with her and the sheriff's kind of covering it up. And, And then it kind of ramps up into like this sort of like rape revenge thing where they like abduct her and beat her and she gets raped and like left in the woods to be eaten by wolves. It's like what they're trying to like hide the evidence And then a wolf bites her and then it becomes a werewolf story where it's almost doing like the ginger snaps thing where it's kind of like she's coming into like, you know, who she really is and uh, being less reserved and more like, you know, I, you know, empowering kind of thing. But it just doesn't balance it very well. And the the werewolf stuff gets almost a little like low budgety Twilighty because it's like she'll start to wolf out and then like all that happens is she gets contacts. And, like, finger claws. <laughs> <laughs> and, was like, the climax of the film, she finally, it's the full moon, and she goes, like, full werewolf, and it's really, like, Star Trek Next Generation level facial makeup to kind of give her, like, a, a larger furrowed brow and, like, higher cheekbones <laughs> and, like, a more angular face, and, that, and that's you. it. How dare you? I mean, it works in Star Trek because it's Star Trek, but it's like, how do you sit with this man? I don't know,
2: man. He's disrespecting Michael Westmore. Get it, the fuck out of my house. If you're gonna have a
0: werewolf transformation, <laughs> there's a certain level, it, right? Yeah, you sure, expect sure. Or you just pull the uh,
1: thing from the Creep Show uh, TV show, animated, or the yeah. or they animate it, or just completely
0: don't fucking show it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's an episode about werewolves. Nah, not gonna um, do that. And so with her werewolf-like ability, she goes on a spree of revenge, murdering all the people involved, and it's just really dull, and like everyone else is a terrible actor, and so she, she can't do much, and there's not a lot to work with, and yeah. So I'm going to be woke and ask a question. Sure. Is this directed by a man? Let me see. It's uh, directed by a dude called Patrick Rhea, who, according to Letterboxd, has a very extensive uh, director credit list that all look to be horror films that I have never seen of or heard of in my life, some of which look like they are rip-offs of popular films, like a movie called Charlotte. looks like it's about a doll that looks like Annabelle. Oh, so, God, one of those. So, yeah. I mean, that
1: makes perfect sense that a dude would tell a story about that a woman can't come into her own until she's raped. You know, like, <laughs> it's not until she's awakened by right. this sexual violence that's going to traumatize her for the rest of her life that now she comes into... <laughs>
0: Sorry, and that that no. kind of is the problem with it, though. You're right. Yeah. Just just the little bit I described, you nailed Jason's it. Jason's
1: like, you woke, you woke, lived hard
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, because it's like you've got the rape revenge tale, and we, we kind of know the tropes and the formula of that, and then mm-hmm. you've got the werewolf tale, and they were trying to like kind of interweave those in a way that was interesting, but it, it's really kind of like tone deaf and not not compelling at all. all right. So that's disappointing. A uh, rare miss. Now speaking of tone deaf and potentially not compelling, I went to the theater to see the Flash. <laughs> speaking of speaking of woke, I was
2: wondering what your reaction to this was going to be.
0: Um, so let's get this out of the way. Uh, Ezra Miller is insane. He he probably does not need to make movies anymore. It's not their pronoun though. Oh, I'm sorry. That's scary. Okay. They're insane. I'll they don't need I to catch music. you. Yeah. They're insane. Um They may
1: be absolutely batshit crazy, but I will at least respect their pronoun.
0: But they may be a sure. piece of shit human being, but I'll respect your pronoun. So as a DC film, it's like: Did you ever like any of the DC films? If you did, you'll probably like this one, especially if you've liked any of like the mainline, like the whole like from Man of Steel that chain through everything, like the that, Snyderverse. Snyderverse. This is kind of like the the final calling card on the Snyderverse, especially after its box office gross. Yeah, um, it's bomb. <laughs> uh, asthma. Yeah. Oof. Um. So you know, good comic book story that's very fun. It's a classic Flash tale of him trying to you know go back in time and muck with stuff and screw everything up. Um, the actual like Flash character he's I mean he's fun he's kind of the same vibe as he is in Justice League there's not a lot of depth there though really it's like the side people that kind of carry the film like Michael Keaton back as Batman is fucking incredible that's Love the only that. reason yeah. I'd watch it honestly yeah. Um, like he makes the movie he's like one of the greatest parts he really carries it from like the second he comes in through the rest of it um, I kind of wish
2: that there was this James Bond thing
0: where it's just been Michael Keaton playing <laughs> Batman for the last 30 years <laughs> that'd be crazy and then um, then Supergirl, played by Sasha Kelly. Yeah. I think she's a newcomer, right? I don't know that I recognized her from anything, but she is amazing too. But unfortunately, she's a little underutilized. She's only in it for like a little slice of the film. And it's one of those things like you can tell they messed up when they were plotting it out because like she has such a presence and like really steals the scene well, every They're time. probably too scared to have
2: a woman <laughs> too front and center because that would have scared off all the incels. I mean, it's Supergirl. <laughs> I mean, it's better than the '80s version, from
0: what I can tell. (laughs) Um, But yeah, she's amazing, and hopefully, maybe they'll like recycle her into the new universe. Potentially, that would be a good idea. I think James Gunn wills it. Well, you know, Michael Shannon's out because he shit on the movie as soon as he went on.
1: Yeah. uh, did he? Yeah, uh, press junkets about it. He still cashed a check, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. It sounds to me like he was contracted, that he had to do it. Well, I'm sure he was. Because uh, he was like, I'm tired of these movies where it feels like everybody's just playing with action figures. <laughs> I was like, damn, Michael Shannon.
0: Um, and there's, there's I mean, been I some agree th- with him, but he's I, the
2: one who signed the fucking contract. you're rent, man.
0: <laughs> and there's been something said about the CG in it being bad, and it's... I think like uh, the directors come out and Andy Machete, and mm-hmm. said that it was like a design choice um, when they're doing. I designed like, it to look like shit. When, when they're he's <laughs> doing like the time travel thing, it's in this weird like almost like an amphitheater, and he sees like events surrounding him, and as he runs, it like scales them back. On like one new event will come up and like fall over, and then the next one. Okay, it's a really neat like stylized look. And for that, they made everyone that shows up that he sees look very, like, CG and plasticky. Because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be, like, I guess they're blurred by the Speed Force, but uh, it's whatever. It, I mean, does it look out of place? Yeah, but it's not, like, the worst CG you're ever going to see in a superhero film, so... Did he also intend It Part 2 to suck? I don't know. <laughs> was that all part of the <laughs> Oh, that was him, yeah, too. Yeah. I, about yeah. I mean, it has good parts, but... Yeah. Um, And I think, what, he's directing the Batman movie now for the... The the Guniverse. Oh my god, DC. it's gonna be Batman in this
2: one.
0: Um some other things I wanted to say about this real quick to wrap it up. Um there's a lot of fun cameos. There's a part where like things are going bad and all these different worlds are like crashing together and he's kind of seeing glimpses of them. And they, and they do stuff like you get the classic Superman, you see uh there's apparently this weird, like now kind of controversial cameo where it's the uh, the golden age flash, Jay Garrick with like the little like metal tin hat. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the dude from the Flash TV show in the CW. Oh, that was not asked if they could use him? But it's also not actually him. They were like, we just made a CG version of what he looks like in the comics. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's what they're saying now. Right. Right. And that's a kind of weird and awkward. Um, well, they probably on
2: his likeness anyway. So. Yeah,
0: um, you see the, the 80s like Supergirl in there for a second. Oh, yeah. um, then, of course, I think it's famously spoiled now, but there's the Nick Cage cameo yeah. where nice. they filmed a little scene of that failed script that never got made, which that was cool to see, him fighting the stupid giant spider.
2: <laughs> Fucking giant spider.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so
2: this bombed hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Briefly, why do you think that is? Our general audience is finally suffering from superhero fatigue. Was it just bad word of mouth because it's had a really troubled production? So I think it's three things.
0: Okay. I have thoughts as well. we'll number one we is mine. Ezra Miller is problematic. Garbage person. Yeah. Okay. Um, people. Garbage that's people. A, that's the whole thing. Um, number two is there is a general superhero fatigue going on. I think we know this now in general. When you look at reviews on new superhero films and, and the box office and stuff, they're kind of... Kind of dip in regardless of what's going on. Yeah, you know, I've been suffering from that ailment for a while. Um, and since and three the very is, first one. <laughs> I feel like in general, the DC Universe thing they've been doing is like kind of on the rocks. Because, like, what, since like Black Adam, everyone has been like. Yeah, that bomb too, not Dipping and bombing under Shazam, expectations. like
2: Yeah, the, the second hard. one. Yeah. Mm. That's like embarrassingly bad. Yeah. So, they
1: also like really fucked it up by coming out before The Flash came out. And talking about how James Gunn is now taking over and Mm -hmm. we're rebooting everything. So, where does this fall? Right. You know, like, why bother? It's like, okay, well, if I don't, if it's not like the Marvel thing where I need to watch this to be Mm -hmm. able to watch the next or to be able to catch whatever, like, okay, well, now I don't have any reason to watch it. And especially with all of the Ezra Miller bullshit around it, I think a lot of people are like, well, now I just don't fucking care. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) Keaton's great, but. Give him his own
2: movie. He doesn't need yeah. to be...
1: Well, apparently... They if, need to do Batman Beyond. That is apparently yeah. what was going to happen if this one did well. Um, because they were already discussing doing
2: Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton. Well, they yet. should respond to what people are responding to. Yeah. If they like Michael Keaton as Batman, then do something with that.
0: It's weird because a lot was riding on this. There was The Batman Beyond film was riding on yeah. it. And then there was a Flash 2 doing the obvious thing, which is to bring in reverse Flash. Which was like the one thing that's still not been been done for this the only flash i want to see is gordon so (laughs) um i got i got two points to finish up on this one more good thing there's a great opening act scene with um the ben affleck batman where he kind of calls in flash to help with like a incident that's going on and we get this amazing like daytime chase sequence and fight with batman and he's got like the actual blue cape and cowl and it looks fucking amazing and it's totally in daylight the whole time and like bright and well lit Oh, and wow. And it's really awesome. That it is awful really for DC. <laughs> um, and apparently it's kind of supposed to be like a little bit of what would have been the movie he wanted to direct, which also is never going to happen. Right. Now. Yeah. Uh, but it made me sad because I was like, man, he, he is like one of the better Batman now, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. I really dig just his look and his style and everything. It's just because he does CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing is, it's kind of relating to like what you were saying where they didn't know what they were doing with this movie once the whole like switch came yeah um they filmed like three different endings for this film wow so they had one and it was like this is what we're doing then when black adam before release started getting the hype train on it and there was all this like oh Cavill's in it as superman for a second like they're gonna do the other justice league they're gonna do man of steel 2 blah 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 blah. they rushed and filmed a new ending that kind of tied into that idea and they were all ready for it then black atom bombs. Then they're like, "Oh, that's not gonna happen." Then James Gunn comes in, and they're like, "You can't keep this ending now." So they made a third ending, which is the one that came to screen.
2: Okay.
0: It's got another fun cameo. I don't. Do you guys care if I spoil it? Not no, a fun, but, I'm not gonna watch it. Um, it's kind of the same premise as the other two endings. They just altered the characters, so it's supposed to be. Those of
2: you listening who care, skip ahead uh, like fifteen. Yeah. 30 if, you, if you care,
0: skip on until you hear the music. But, um, he's back in his own universe. He's fixed everything. Everything is righted. And Bruce Wayne contacts him, and he's like, hey, I'm going to come pick you up. we got to talk about some things. Everything's good. Everything's right. The limo pulls up. The door opens and out steps the George Clooney Bruce Wayne. And he realizes that he still messed some things up, and nothing's quite the same. Mm. So that's going to go nowhere. No. It's supposed to be a funny thing. (laughs) Oh, just a funny thing. Because the original (laughs) thing, I guess, was like kind of a hint of, like, he's back and everything's normal. And that that was all it was. And the second one was, like, he's back... And, like, the Justice League are there, but also the Supergirl character is there. And she kind of, like, poured it into their mm. universe now. And that there was going to be, like, a setup for that. And then when they went to be, like, okay, third ending, I guess the notes they got were, we like, the idea that he's back and it's something different, but let's just make it a joke.
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> considering the Batman movie he was in, ah, yeah. that's a pretty, pretty tremendous joke. Um, yeah, so. I think I've settled
1: on just accepting that for what it is. The Batman and Robin movie. I mean, it's funny I, as hell. Why well, accept it as anything it other is, than a shitty movie? It's how I view it as, as, <laughs> as it's comedy.
0: Is it's just like laugh well, riot, it, but it's terrible. It's basically like Adam West. It's almost too painful <laughs> to really to. to Everyone to freeze. Oh god! I don't it's know. So Kevin terrible. Smith says that the Schumacher cut of Batman Forever is amazing. Kevin so. Smith can suck my dick. all right? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Um. So all Saucy. that being said, yeah, if, if you like DC <laughs> films, you're going to like this. If you're out on them, then you probably shouldn't waste your time with this. Right. Um, Holy shit! Kevin
2: Smith's here. What?
0: <laughs> t- oh my god! He's <sighs> got a chair with
2: a steel. Oh my god! Should we actually talk about the movie we came yeah, to talk probably, about? No. Okay. I didn't come here for that. <laughs> the
0: movie you picked? No. He didn't watch it. Oh fuck! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just came to listen to you guys talk about it. You didn't tell me how to watch it. You just didn't pick one. Oh,
2: well, you got me there. <laughs> so I picked it.
0: Right, so today we are talking about Moon from 2009. Michael's laughing because he doesn't catch the weird dance we do now to simulate the interim music. Yeah, yeah. we, we dance. <laughs> to each other now. <laughs> uh, It's gotten a little lonely around here Yeah, we miss you. Please come back! <laughs>
1: uh, I'm really disappointed at both of your dances. <laughs> like, I looked from
0: one of you to the other, and I thought, this can't get worse. And then I look over. And it does. Oh, it's worse. He just turns his head and I'm smiling right at him. <laughs> no, you make eye contact. <laughs> Don't look away from me. It enhances my dance. Um, we're talking about Moon 2009, Duncan Jones, more sci-fi goodness. Jason, in the first episode, you took us to the post-apocalypse. Mm. Very iconic aspect of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Michael, you have brought us to space.
1: It's like the, the intro final to... final. Uh, <laughs> I was getting ready to do my... Uh... We're going to space. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> um okay yeah so i i was really on the fence about this one mm-hmm. uh but one of the reasons i chose it is i wanted to revisit it because i watched it in 2009 when it came out and it was kind of like the indie darling mm, yeah when it came out um and everybody was really hyped up on sam rockwell's performance which spoiler it's fucking great mm-hmm. rightly uh, so i would say um and just the fact that we don't get too many films with the one person cast Right, they're very hard to do well, I think. Right. Um, so I guess I'll just go straight into the film. Uh, basically, we're set in a near future. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, um, it's not radically.
1: Yeah, it doesn't stuff. give a date, but it's the like, most you know. important thing is that we've just discovered. You know, the film lets you know that, and it, what I love is this ad at the beginning. Oh, that yeah. it's just like this ad for the the Lunar Corp or mm-hmm. Lunar energies Limited. Uh, that basically we've destroyed the planet. You know, like we're.
0: It's energy crisis. Well, energy crisis. But the one we're staring down right now. But yeah. we've
1: discovered the the cleanest fuel possible, which is fusion energy. Mm-hmm. And that it's harnessed from the sun and uh, the moon. And uh, brought to you by Lunar. Yeah, um, it's,
0: it's a helium-3, which is actually theories about that possibly being an energy source. Oh, neat. And I'll, I'll rant about that more later. So okay. Put okay. a pin in that.
2: Yeah, so that they found the positives of helium-3 on the moon. Mm-hmm.
1: And it then cuts forward to uh, we see our main character, Sam Bell. Played um, by Sam Rockwell. Played by Sam Rockwell. Very easy, because we can just say Sam and Sam, yeah. we're on point. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, my first impressions of the film, which I love, is the 2001 Space Odyssey odes. Oh, yeah. You get big like, vibes of that. The color film. palette of the very sterile white. Mm-hmm. Um, like It's very futuristic, but also... Very space, like very NASA.
2: It, yeah, and then it's a nice. It's also a little grimy. You yeah. can tell because we get the information immediately on the screen. It's a crew of one with yep. a contract of three years. Mm-hmm. So, and it looks like this dude's been living here for like three years. Yeah, because yeah. there's like you know smudge prints on the consoles. <laughs> yeah, no stuff. one's cleaning, and it's, it's like yeah. it's like
0: everything's been so automated. They just need the one guy for like s- right little certain parts to be done. Yeah,
1: and um, he is not alone though. Mm-hmm. That we we meet another character, um, Gertie. Which maybe we should disclaimer here. Sorry, (laughs) this was pre-Kevin Spacey being a shitbag. No, he was probably a shitbag. Before public knowledge. Yeah, he was probably a shitbag then too, but pre-public knowledge of Kevin Spacey being a shitbag. So, yes, Gertie is a computer that is voiced by Kevin Spacey.
2: You don't see his face, you just hear his voice.
0: Again, another 2001 Space Odyssey. He's pulling a very Howl-like... kind of style of delivery.
2: but I love the design of Gertie too. Mm -hmm. I like how it's, it's like on the rails. Yeah. It's basically just like a, it's like a unit that can see you and everything. And, uh, has like an arm attachment, but it has to, it's attached to the ceiling. So it has to yeah kind of stroll. Yeah. It's not hovering or rolling or anything. That's
1: another point too, of one of the reasons that I chose this. Um, and one of the things I really like about it, I mean, spoiler, I do like this movie quite a bit, which is why I chose it. Um, but, the practicality of that design, yeah, mm, yeah. Um, no CG. You don't right. need CG for it. Yeah. You can manually move it. You can manually do all this stuff. You can put everything in camera. Yep. And
2: I love that he has a filthy cup holder on him.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> he's all his job, Gertie's job, that is to take care of Sam. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's
0: his whole job. Yep. Just make sure he keeps doing what he's doing. And And he doesn't
2: have like a robot face. He has like an emoticon that will will change depending on what emotion he wishes to convey.
0: Um, It's very clear that
1: Sam has a kind of love-hate relationship with Gertie. Mm -hmm. Um, We also come to find out that Sam is a bit of a troubled character in general as we kind of start getting some, some backstory for him. But it opens basically with Sam just doing his job, which is, you know, he gets up. He exercises. He tries to keep fit. Mm -hmm. Um, Makes reports. Yeah, makes reports. Um, He looks to see if anything's malfunctioning. Um, and then he sends back the helium three once it's yeah. They have like
0: big like automated collectors that kind of rove the surface of the moon. These big harvesters, and they send to him like the status reports of how much they have. So when one is like got a full tank of this helium three they've collected, he has to go out in like a little rover, mm-hmm. pick up the tank, and then head back and ship it off.
2: All the while avoiding sandworms. <laughs> Not That wasn't the one I watched. Oh,
0: huh, weird. Um, and you know, before we go too more deep in the plot, I wanted to throw this out dude. here. <laughs> um, this film only had a budget of $5 Yeah. <laughs> and it looks fucking gorgeous yeah. to be at that price. And and I,
1: I they make, really stretched it. I will make some arguments as to why it looks so good. Mm. Um, it's because the film doesn't rely on a shit ton of CG. Yeah. All of those beautiful shots of the moon rovers is fucking miniatures yeah Mm -hmm. all models and stuff like i mean you can tell you can see it when you look at it oh yeah and because it looks that's why it looks good (laughs) it looks tactile it looks like someone built it It has weight to it it's like it's there you could touch it Mm -hmm. and just with actual good filmmaking you don't need to do these big cg monstrosities you can build Mm -hmm.
0: these like take these
1: amazing craftspeople that build these uh, gorgeous models for film that we apparently just don't use anymore because you know why and it looks great everything about it looks
2: great Uh, that that would take planning and that's what most hollywood directors don't do (laughs) anymore they don't actually fucking plan
1: they
0: need yeah they actually need time to build the sets and models and all that stuff Uh, also before we get too deep what genre tags does this have oh do you guys know science fiction for one obviously for sure um I bet it might have... Drama and mystery are the other two. Drama and mystery, yeah. I was about to say mystery. I would throw in there psychological thriller because I think there's a lot about like his headspace and where he is. Oh, totally. Yeah. And kind of a key of any psychological thriller is sort of like that breakdown of like your sense of the world and stuff. And <laughs> spoilers, we're going to get into that real quick. Yeah. yeah. That So that is kind of a caveat of this episode
1: is this movie does... Once we hit a certain point... Mm, there's a big twist. The movie's spoiled for you. So if you care about this... I would recommend watching the film before you listen to the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: Go if, ahead and hit pause. We'll wait for you. If you <laughs> don't care,
1: listen right along. But just, I think it's once you know the twist, it's worth a second watch because it's you really things, fun. Yeah. So, like, this is my second time watching it and I knew the twist. So, I'm hearing things and seeing things and I'm like, huh. I, I would also
2: argue that it's not even
0: really a twist because it happens so early. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, it, it does. But that revelation, sure, like, I agree. I agree. It, it flips what the movie is from that point forward. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, we, um, Sam is doing his job. He sees that there's a potential problem with one of the harvesters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like stuck or something. So he takes the Rover out, which looks so cool. Um, great shots of those miniature shots. Just driving mm-hmm. the Rover along, gets out to the harvester, uh, comes back. Sam's already looks kind of haggardly. Yeah. It's like, he's worn down. Yeah. Bit. Like well, yeah, he's you, been you in the station on for three years um he's got at this point he's got like long hair he hasn't been taking Mm -hmm. care of himself you know very well he's still (laughs) doing the exercise but like as far as but why would you you know it's
2: just think about you know well how you look during covid this is how he looks yeah Yeah. pretty much (laughs) good comparison um when he comes back though
1: he is um he we get a, a nice butt shot Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. We, we get, some, get a full Sam butt. Rockwell butt shot. And so, we see
2: him load the H3 into a drone that has been shot to Earth. Yeah. Which is probably the only CG in the movie. You could tell yeah. that. It, it's so minimal, too. It, yeah. It, it
1: works
0: well. Sure. They don't show it. Like I mean, you really only see the flashes of the afterburners. It's, it's very it's kind of it. fast. So, yeah. yeah, Quiet Earth, we got a little wang. Now we're getting a little butt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going pretty good for this <laughs> walk. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to get some gooch in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh,
1: yeah, but... Um, but the interesting thing here is, you know, it's just he's showering off, you know, after coming back, but he sees someone. Yeah, for a split second. For a split second, he sees a woman sitting there in the shower with him in a, she's in like a yellow dress. So mm-hmm. it's very stark contrast to the color palette that is the film of just sterile mm-hmm. white. Um, and that's really clever filmmaking, I think, to set it up like that. And he sees her and he kind of like looks back and has like, a what the fuck? Okay. Mm-hmm. And now he's starting to question like the fuck did i just see like yeah um and i think like any i think he's still trying to pass off the sanity mm-hmm. of like okay i've been up here for three years there's well, nobody
2: at this point also we've seen him watch recorded messages of his wife and daughter
1: and we have already been told that um the satellite link to be
0: able to talk to earth is down yeah right can. so they have to do like uh recorded messages right takes so many minutes. Um, for and it we know and that forth. when he left, she was pregnant. And in the three years, she's had the kid. Mm-hmm. And the kid's a little grown up now. Right. Yeah. Her name is Eve. Mm-hmm. Um. Played by Rosie Shaw. And the wife is Tess, played by Dominique McElligot.
1: And it's through this video that he's watching where you kind of get the sense of a little bit of the backstory between Tess and Sam, mm-hmm. just with little hints and glimpses at it. That the reason he took this job was that they kind of needed some time apart. That yeah, they were having some issues.
2: Some they were trouble. having some issues. <laughs> like you do. Sending someone to the moon is an extreme <laughs> way of getting I mean, your space. Piper's
1: usually like, go under the porch for a while. I don't want to see you. But now <laughs> she's going to be like, you fucking go to the moon for three yeah, years. I mean, I usually have to sleep on the couch, but <laughs> yeah. the moon, man. <laughs> you're really in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, but we kind of get the sense of why he's here. But we also know that uh, he is at, towards the, at the end of his... He's got dream. two weeks left. He's got two weeks left in his three-year stint, and he is going home. Yeah, the pay is great, apparently, too. Yeah. They mentioned that. Um, there's an interesting uh, thing that Tess says to him that she says, so-and-so, I think his name, uh, who is Matt Barry's character's name?
0: Uh, Overmyers.
1: Overmyers, which is played very briefly by the amazing Matt Barry. Yeah, I the-
2: saw his name in the credits, and I got excited because I forgot that he was in this in <laughs> any capacity yeah. whatsoever.
1: Uh, no, he's played by Matt Barry, who is... Um, He plays Laszlo and what we do in the shadows. Yeah. (laughs) In case you don't know. Um, So funny. Which is.
2: I can't even hear his voice without smiling. Yeah. Like just normal deliveries of lines. I just smile.
0: You know, speaking of the credits, you just triggered a memory for me. I love the way the film opens with the credits where they're like overlaid on the little incidental shots of his. Oh, yeah. They'll be like positioned at an
2: angle or something depending Mm -hmm. on what's on the screen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's really cool. And uh, Benedict Wong is in it as well. Yeah. the
2: guy yeah, who he, plays Wong. And, uh, Thompson's his character. They yeah. played the two mysterious company men that he gets recordings from and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the bosses.
1: Yeah. I don't even remember where I was going with that before I got distracted <laughs> by map. Oh, she said that Overmyers is promising everything now that you're there. Mm-hmm. And I love that. There's like this little line that basically gives you a hint of why he did it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this This is very lucrative. Mm-hmm. This is a really horrible job that someone was going to have to do. Spend three years in isolation. Um, but there's good reasons for doing it. Um, well, so now, after all this, we get this kind of set up. Sam is now kind of taking care of himself a little bit more. He's yeah. getting his hair
2: cut by a Flobie. Yeah. Gertie is cutting his hair with one of those suction things. Yeah. I always great. think of it as the suck cut from Wayne's World. <laughs> suck <laughs> it sucks and it cuts. <laughs> nice. Get
1: that thing off of me, man. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: But yeah, he's getting ready because he's what like just a few weeks away now at this point. Yeah, uh, we see that he's got some hobbies that he partakes in. He's building a uh, a town model, miniature mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, town. He's whittling some wood, and yeah, I maybe mean, I think of Beetlejuice. Yeah, their big model re- re- recreation of the city. Yep. Uh,
1: but he gets a, in one of his like wake up things. Um, he see like in his next day routine, he sees that there's something wrong like with the harvester again. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. he takes the rover out. And as he's driving along, this time we actually get to see, like, from his point of view, mm-hmm. he's like, it's apparently a, a drive.
0: Yeah. You know, a decent no. little haul to mm-hmm. get out there. He's jamming. Also, yeah. before this,
2: though, we <laughs> do see that he's exercising that morning, and we see him get winded yeah. pretty easily. he's starting that, to... Is, that's the first little hint that something isn't quite right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and he's he doesn't look well as he's driving. Yeah. Um, you know, he looks like he doesn't feel good, and... He looks kind of like Drifts with his mind and looks out the window and he sees the girl again mm-hmm. um, and basically is staring at her and then just fucking slams the rover right into the harvester. Yeah. He he crashes like full
0: blast. Into yeah. The thing. Breaks yeah. the harvester.
1: <laughs> the rover is now Does not look stuck good. down in a ditch and the scene kind of fades. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You hear
2: the automated voice say something about a atmosphere breach or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Scene fades. Well, the next scene uh, that we come back to is Sam laying on an infirmary table. Yep. Uh, he's coming to. Uh, Gertie is with him. Gertie's inappropriately touching him while he's unconscious. <laughs> <That's> spacey showed <shirt laughs> up on set. <laughs> he's like, no, no, no.
0: This is part of the character. Let me do this. He's, Let me control the arm real quick. Yeah. No. Right there. Yep. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: God. Uh, but Gertie asks him some interesting questions. He's like, Sam, do you know what happened? Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, I no, I don't know what happened. And he, he said, Do you remember anything? No, I don't remember anything. And he said, Well, you had an accident.
2: Um, you hurt your head. And you probably don't remember the last couple of days or something mm-hmm.
1: like yeah. that. Yeah. How long have I been out? You know, a while. <laughs> um, he <laughs> gives him vague. Gertie's keeping everything very vague for him. Mm-hmm. So as he finally wakes up and starts to like kind of gain more control of his body yeah, and everything. Initially,
2: he tells him to stay in the bed for a few more days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's, and it's like his legs don't want to work when he gets up. He's having trouble mm-hmm. moving. He uh, starts to give him like
1: cognitive tests, you know, like matching games or whatever. And it seems very, you know, harmless. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you've had a brain injury. We need to make sure you're still fit to do this job. Yeah, I
0: think he even tells him there's like a rehabilitation program he has now that he has to like run Sam through. Yeah. So it's very, you can tell Sam is like, just let me go to work. Yeah. I just want to go to
1: work. Let me get back to my normal things. Um.
0: Um, so this is the... He gets up because he wants to try to walk around a little bit. Yeah. And he's stumbling. And as he's stumbling along, he hears Gertie having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, in, in real time. time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, he and we doesn't... see Gertie talking to the monitor. And yeah, it's a back and forth. It's, it's the two company men. Two suits.
1: And Sam kind of like seems shocked by it. But also, I think that Sam is also thinking like, okay, well, maybe I just... Maybe I'm not yeah. hearing what I think I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: He asks Gertie, and Gertie lies and says that uh, no, the satellite link's still down. Um, I was just recording a message. Nothing to see here.
1: And so I think at this point, this is where he's really wanting to try to go back to work. Yep. And Gertie is really trying to
0: stop him. Yep. Gertie, Gertie doing busy this. tells them that they're going to let a bunch of stuff just run on automation and it'll be just fine and they've accounted for it back at the company. Yeah. Like the airlock door is shut and locked and uh, he, one of the he, harvesters is stalled. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't get clearance to even go out in the airlock or anything, too. Yeah. Gertie
2: says that I'll pass that along to Central and he gets a recorded message from Central telling him to stay put.
1: Yep. And so this is where Sam really starts to get stir crazy and like really starting to suspect like this is not normal. Why is it being like this? This this is where the big 2001
0: vibes kick in. Cause yeah. it's the whole like, is Gertie like, right. Yeah. You're really, robot. the whole
1: time you're kind of thinking like, if you haven't seen this before, you're thinking like, uh, is I mean, it's by Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah. Is Gertie going to touch me <laughs> it's inappropriately? <laughs> it's an evil robot. Chances um, are yes. Say <laughs> <laughs> magic eight ball. It's just, the Kevin Spacey eight ball always says chances are yes. <laughs> I already am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, this is the point where Greb's like, he starts to devise his little plan to get yeah, outside, Yeah, right. he, takes a little plot. he takes out like
2: a maintenance hatch and he starts cutting through a hose. And he's got some gas
1: flowing through yeah. or whatever now that he's basically like, no, Gertie, you got to let me outside. Like, at least let me go take a look at this. Yeah, he's like,
2: some micrometeors have hit us. It's probably damaged the exterior shell. I have to go check it out.
0: Uh, which I think it's interesting because you would think there would be a way for Gertie to check that.
2: Right, like, to actually, maybe, like, mm-hmm. some way for him to go out. But
0: maybe. I guess it's something the company
1: never considered, so. Yeah. It's, I, I think this, one of the overarching themes of this film is corporate greed, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which, I mean. that would have been more money for more cameras, yeah, more sensors. exactly. Yeah. And this is very much, like, they've figured out a way to do this at the <laughs> cheapest way possible.
0: Yeah, some real
2: Amazon shit. Yeah, hold on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no shit. So uh, Grady decides, okay, I'll open doors for him. And uh, Sam goes for his EVA suit, which is missing. Yep. So he goes for another one that looks like it's never even been touched. Yeah, it's... yeah, fresh,
1: brand new. Yeah. And he notices I'll... something's wrong with this. Right,
2: right, because he stops because it's the one he always... We saw him put, him on... We saw him put it on before. Yeah, we so. saw it like two or three times. Yeah. yeah. I love how this movie drops little breadcrumbs like that, yeah. too. Um, it's also a great one that we'll talk about with the song that plays when he wakes up okay yeah Uh, so he rides out to the stalled harvester and he finds the rover there crushed and he goes inside the vehicle Uh, he sees a body sitting there (laughs) and there's like you know frost over the helmet and stuff he's brushing it off and uh oh yeah he's (laughs) he's he's sitting inside the rover
0: Uh, so yes he now sees what looks to be himself And this is where we started with one Twilight Zone episode about a person in isolation going crazy to a different Twilight Zone episode (laughs) about clones. Um, And at this point, he doesn't really know what
2: to think. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's kind of like fighting the obvious. He stumbles back to the base. The
0: the unconscious individual still has vitals. Yeah, he's still alive. Um,
2: Gertie says they have to get him to the
0: infirmary. Gertie's real cagey, too. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. So like,
1: well, it's funny. Gertie's cagey, but he's not. He's yeah. never lying to him, mm-hmm. basically. He's like, who is that, Gertie? And yeah. he's like, he's starting to break a little bit. And he's <laughs> like, you're starting to see the temper that Sam Bell has. Mm-hmm. And he's like, who the fuck is this, Gertie? And Gertie's like, that's Sam. Yeah. And he's like, "Uh, well, okay. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah.
2: And I like how Sam's watching... This other Sam, well, he's wearing like sunglasses mm-hmm. while Gertie is like reviving he's, him. He's doing his full Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he's got his aviators on. That's what yeah, I thought of. Yeah.
1: Oh, he, I think so. I think one of the beautiful things that's like that you're about to get to see in the film is Sam Rockwell do this absolutely amazing job of playing the same character three years apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they literally feel different,
0: even though it is
1: the same character. You can tell which person. one yeah. is the. I mean, they do little subtle things you know like the new Sam the one that's just taken his place is much more clean cut you know mm. he's much more looks like okay fresh I'm fresh ready yeah. to do my job and the other one is very You're much I've up. been here for 3 years <laughs> right <laughs> the one is ex- exiting covid isolation mm. um but god Sam Rockwell does such a good job he's a, he does just... a great
2: job it's it's difficult to play the same character but with two different mm. personalities i mean Probably the only other performance, even then, this isn't exactly the same, but um, in Dead Ringers, oh yeah, with Jeremy Irons playing mm-hmm. twins, not not the same character like this, mm-hmm. but still, he was able to differentiate each performance so well. You knew who it was, even when one character is pretending to be the other character, but you still <laughs> you can keep track of it. And this is a performance pretty much on that level.
0: And this is one of those things, like I know I said it about uh, Quiet Earth too, but if this performance didn't work, the whole film would fall apart. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It hinges yeah. on this. Yeah.
1: Which I think Sam Rockwell's a brilliant actor anyway. He kills it. I man. think he's just, he just fades into every role that he's in. And yeah, you forget that he's Sam Rockwell. He becomes that character. Um, But yeah, he's very, he's kind of walking around, keeping an eye on him while
2: he's, you know, in the infirmary <laughs> or whatever. Oh, very cagey. And let's just call him new Sam, new Sam, the one Old that, Sam. the one yeah. that found the, yeah. Uh, so new Sam's, like, watching a message from his wife, who's pretty much telling him that, you know, it's over. You know, this isn't going to work. This yeah. long-distance yeah. relationship. Just. <laughs> and the, the old Sam, he's coming in, and he's having trouble moving around and stuff. And he's asking him, like, you know who he is. Why do you look like me?
0: I think the first really, like, where it heats up a lot and it's interesting is the, the new Sam is exercising. And he's fucking going at it right, with this yeah. punching bag. Yeah. And you can tell that the older Sam, like he, he realizes, like I can't do that, right? I'm, I'm like I'm like that's the first time he notices, like there's something different about this other one.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, he's been injured, and you could chalk it up to that. Mm-hmm. But but also mindsets are different now.
1: You know, like mm-hmm. I think he's looking at new Sam from old Sam's three years experience yeah. Yeah. of sitting on the station, like it doesn't matter, right? You know, like none of this, none of this matters. But like he's like us, yeah, <laughs> he's like. <laughs> Basically, looking at it like it doesn't matter that you do this or not. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we got to stay as fit as we can, but
0: like the way you're doing this now, Mm -hmm. not gonna doesn't do anything for you. And and almost in a way, I if we could like characterize him further, I bet like it kind of upsets him because he thinks about like you know that's what I did when I thought it mattered. Right. Right. Yeah. And
1: I I think the whole time, uh, old Sam is working on his model. Yeah. I think while he's doing this exercising, some of it hmm And,
2: uh... I, well, the new Sam actually says that the old one's a clone. hmm He says, you're a clone. But neither of them think that they're that the they're clone. The <laughs> yeah, other one's the they're clone. They're each like, you're right. a clone. Yeah.
1: It's like the three Spider-Men pointing at each
2: other. <laughs> um, and the old Sam does thank him for saving his life. says he's lonely and just wants to shake his hand. hmm But new Sam's a dick. He says, no, maybe later. Won't <laughs> even shake his hand. Won't shake his own clone's hand.
1: It's... It's funny how they how quickly they're like, well, yeah, you have to be a clone, and they're like, they they almost accept it mm-hmm. pretty quickly, which makes me think that there might be something more in this universe. Yeah, cloning could be a thing. Yeah, yeah. or that it's what we will find out is this extremely. Um, you know, unethical, <laughs> unethical, controversial, mm-hmm. shouldn't be being done. Well, the chancellor was
2: granted
0: emergency powers, oh, and yeah. <laughs> with that, he
2: you know commenced the clone army. Um, but you, you bring up
0: <laughs> you bring up an interesting point, Michael. Is that a clever thing they do with the plotting of this film? Is it is a science fiction universe, and there is a, we're in the future, and there have been developments, but we only really have Sam's perspective right. in this moment. Yeah, so we're very lost on what the nature of this world is and how it works
1: and it really just forces you to come back to the character Mm -hmm. and it forces you to watch this film develop as the characters find out more things which are honestly some of my favorite oh yeah ways to to view a mystery you know there there's some times where it works where you see things that you know you know things that the audience doesn't and you get to watch the reactions but i love that you don't know with (laughs) sam and you're like trying to figure everything out because i think as an as watching this, like when when new Sam wakes up, you're like something feels weird about this. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I think probably a jaded mind like ours is probably that guy who's probably a clone or whatever. But you don't always think that, you know. Like <laughs> right. it's the way the way the film plays it is not. I don't think it's insulting to the audience as well. No, you know, I think that's one of the
2: and it's smart to address it quickly. Right. Know? Don't and, don't and make
1: the, the the this mystery
0: be. The clone. Right, that's yeah. not the mystery. That's right. that's boring. It's that's obvious. been done. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because when they finally reveal what's going on, it's very like anticlimactic almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, because they get into an altercation because they're kind of both wearing down on each other. And Gertie just is like, hey, this is what's up. <laughs> yeah. He says you're both clones. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was an original Sam. And he was the first person to be employed here. And that's just the system they come up with is that instead of training new employees to come up here to run this base, they would just clone Sam and just pop out a clone.
1: Yep. And so this is where they, they actually start to get in a physical altercation if they haven't already when he tells them. Um, but new, Stan, new Sam starts to say like, there has to be a secret room right here. There's somewhere they're storing these bodies. Yeah. We have to find it. The, the, the um, big cloning facility. Old Sam, I think, is still under the impression he's going home. Yeah. You know, he still thinks he's going to get to go
2: home. New Sam has already figured out there's no fucking way you're going home, man. Yeah. It's also important to note that during their fight, old Sam gets beat up way much more than he should have. Like, he starts bleeding profusely.
1: Uh, He gets (laughs) cut uh, with the little X-Acto knife. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an interesting thing, though. When they're... Like at one point, they're trying to play ping pong together. That's yeah. a little fun little thing that like old Sam knows how to play ping pong really well, and new yes. Sam just fucking sucks at yeah. it. man, he
0: gets pissed too. yeah, and he, <laughs> and he says something
1: like I'm starting to see that temper that Tess is always talking about. you know, so he's starting to see like him see himself right, right. from a different perspective. Right. Um, but when he's working on the village that he's creating, and new Sam says like, oh, yeah, that's like such and such town. Yeah, and old Sam, or whatever and old Sam is like, what are you talking about? And it's almost like that memory has faded. Yeah. That like the further they come from being that new, yeah. fresh clone, like they're.
2: Yeah. Old Sam says he doesn't remember starting it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I think is really funny. Like I don't, but also very believable. Yeah. Like you're in there for three years all on your own and you're like, I don't yeah. really
2: remember. Days just kind of blend. And we find out that new Sam does know about Tess, but he does not know about
0: Eve, mm-hmm. the daughter. Um, and we, we get into, I don't remember, it might be a little later, but Gertie straight up tells them those memories are implanted, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Gertie just lays it all out. Which, that's the other cool, like, subversion, is we have this whole, like, house situation, but then yeah. Gertie never turns on them. Because Gertie yeah. keeps
2: saying, my job is to protect you. Mm-hmm. To, yeah, to keep you, you, know, you safe. Keep you safe, yeah. Um, and then we also get a ticking clock element. Mm, yeah, this movie's got it all. Because we find <laughs> out
1: that um, Lunar Corp, or what is that? What they're actually called?
2: No, it Lunar. was like uh, Lunar Lunar Energy's Limited, I think it was.
1: Uh, they are actually sending a, a rescue quote, team, a quote rescue team, mm-hmm. to fix everything, put everything back. Uh, they'll take Sam home. Yep, kind of a thing. So
2: we know now... This, this is when Gertie breaks down and tells him. Because mm-hmm. they got 14 hours until this rescue team gets here. And
1: both of them are going to be visible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're going yeah. to know that everything has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. And this uh, is when
2: new Sam becomes obsessed about this area that they don't know about. Yeah, he the secret area. It. He and wants to look under that table that has the miniature model. Mm-hmm. And old Sam, so is, old Sam
1: just doesn't seem to care anymore. Like... He's tired, dude.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's physically falling apart.
1: I'm curious how they. I would love. To, I kind of want an answer of what they did to him. Mm-hmm. You know, like is it advanced
0: cancer? Is it? It looked like radiation poisoning.
2: I think they just have a timeline. Uh,
0: the timeline. Well, there's a little more information we get later, which we'll wait on. But I think it kind of stinks all that up. Yeah. Uh, there's some more like revelations about the cloning scenario
1: yeah there's some kind of back and forth with them um and it after the big fight and old sam has really got the shit kicked out of him like jason said he's messed (laughs) up more than he should be from from this fight Mm -hmm. you you could say he's very fragile at this point he ends up just getting very sick yeah like he's coughing a lot he looks like he's extremely not well he's decided to wrap himself you know in his comforter um and at one point you know falls asleep mm-hmm. and when he wakes up there is a it's the the song that's playing on his alarm clock every morning he wakes up that's a song that's like i am the one and only which i think is a really funny little cue right. once you know the thing the one and only. um well, once you know that he's a clone, it's kind of a funny thing.
0: And again, that's one of those breadcrumbs they lay super early,
1: and then we get this payoff for it, right? Um, so he kind of starts to kind of snoop, mm-hmm. really. Kind of, I think he becomes a little. I think he's just becoming depressed. Yeah, um, and he starts searching for his own answers, and not answers that New Sam is looking for. Right. I they're, think they're
0: both searching for the truth, but two different questions right i
1: think sam's looking at what's about to happen to me Mm -hmm. what is so he does come across the logs Mm -hmm. basically of the old sam's that came before him
0: yeah gertie actually helps him access those yeah um and curiously when all of them get to their three-year mark they seemingly get very ill and very sick, just like mm-hmm. he's getting. And the one that they show that they actually show in the little
1: monitor is he's like, Yeah, my hair's falling out now, you know, like, <laughs> man, I don't know. I'm just happy to be going home. And he lays down in this chamber that I guess he thinks is like a cryo
2: freeze or whatever that he's getting ready to go home. That's in. what the video guide tells him that it's a cryo freeze, even though it only takes three days to get back to Earth, they have to freeze them, which is weird. Mm. Uh,
1: <laughs> but it's apparently some sort of gas that immediately kills him and disintegrates it him, vaporizes the body. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, So, kind of the thought I had was that, like, as part of this whole plan, like, they designed them to break down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right? right. Because if
0: we're talking about cloning, you can obviously manipulate genetics. That that could could be a thing you could code into them. Yeah, but the mind's going to break after so long. And they probably
2: decided, oh, three years is the breaking point. No one's going to last much longer than that. It makes you wonder the
0: testing that happened before that. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. How many did they test before they got it right? The first Sam or two. Uh, Meanwhile, New Sam is on his quest, too. And he actually finds a communication substation that's near their facility, and they discover that that's the reason they can't contact Earth. It's got like a jamming signal.
2: Yeah, yeah. they both go out in separate rovers, and they're finding all these stations around the base uh-huh. that are jamming the signals. Um, uh, so and that's when Old Sam comes back, and he's like vomiting up blood. Uh-huh. He vomits in his suit. Uh, teeth are coming out by the roots <laughs> yeah it's a very kind of cronenbergian moment almost
1: once he gets back he starts to go looking for that chamber right where and he finds it he, he yeah. easily finds the chamber um and that's when he starts looking like
0: there's this room is here and that's when they realize like all of this is constructed they they clung a sam to run this place they have this whole narrative of the wife on earth Give him hope. Give, give him, him hope. something to come back the, to. The memories are implanted. Give him an exit road where you're going to go back to Earth, but really they just off that clone and launch the next one. Um, and so
1: he he finds this room. Uh, well, we, I don't think we actually see it yet. I think he comes back mm-hmm. to new Sam and basically tells him, I found your room. Yeah. Uh, and they go down <laughs> together, and it's basically the whole substation mm-hmm. that's just filled with Sam's. Yeah, yeah it's a very chilling Dozens if not
2: hundreds of clones are in there,
1: Um, and they open one up, you know, to see that he's
2: in there. Whatever, it's like like a morgue drawer. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And they're just sleeping in there.
1: (laughs) Um, That's when he comes back, and that's when new Sam is starting to think of a plan Mm -hmm. of what's what he's going to do. You know, okay, we know the truth now, so what do we do with it? Um, And they they also kind of split characters here again too, doing two different things. Yeah. New Sam really becomes focused on interestingly saying that old Sam has been here for three years I'm getting you home yeah you deserve to go to earth yeah you've done your time it's time to get you home um the whole time old Sam is just like completely breaking down like vomiting blood everywhere uh, but he also there's a question there still that he has yeah mm-hmm. he wants to know about Tess when he gets home mm-hmm um, he grabs his communicating device.
2: It's a big, bulky laptop thing, right? Because they realize these jamming things are kind of like triangulated around their right. facility. Yeah, there's only like a parameter that it's doing. So he mm-hmm. drives beyond that and tries to call Tess. It gets a teenager on the line. Which we learn is Eve, and who says that? Can you call back? There's something wrong with
0: the video, so she can't yeah. see Sam. <laughs> And she's put the, the teenage one is paid by Kaya Scotelario. Yeah, she says she's fifteen at this point and mm-hmm. that Tess has died. She answers a
1: lot of questions for a stranger she's, she's that She's very forthcoming. Yeah, she's that's just right. like coming. um but yeah, she said Tess died some time ago and he's like and that's when old Sam breaks. Yeah. Well we get
0: that bomb drop right at the end of their call too, where um she's speaking to someone like off screen.
2: Says so dad, someone's asking about mom. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's when he's like, "Oh, oh shit, that's the the OG Sam's." Yeah, been on Earth the whole time. There's
2: something that really
1: got me though. Like, I, I've really noticed since. Like, now that Hawthorne is older mm-hmm. and my role as a father is a bit different, I have really noticed a lot of stories hit me differently sure. than they used yeah. to. Sure. Um, which is kind of a fun, like, retrospect to, to how I watch movies now. Or you could have, like, a new experience even with an old film. Kind of, yeah. And there's a. I, kinda, well, I don't watch Pet Cemetery as often. Uh, I do not. I do not. No. Man, that one fucking destroyed me as a teen. So. Uh, <laughs> there, this scene where he's talking to Eve actually broke me a little bit because he's. He breaks oh yeah and he becomes a father and he says baby what happened to mommy Mm -hmm. and like he's no longer sam anymore and it's like that instinct was in him like that's
0: my child which notably he's been denied that chance to be a father because yeah to to his perception she was born while he was gone so he's never really even been there in her Mm -hmm. life
1: and and just the way he says that i don't know there's some it was just beautiful and sad the way he delivers that line it's like oh honey what happened to mommy like Like she hasn't already come to terms with it. Uh Um, that was a little. I don't. I don't know that one. That one choked me up a little bit. Just because it's a very.
0: It It was definitely a powerful moment. Like I could. I could feel the Mm -hmm. the energy in that scene. But that's also the complete shift in like the
1: final nail, literally (laughs) in uh, old Sam's coffin, where he's basically like, "I'm fucking dead. Like there's nothing Mm -hmm. I can do here." But yeah, like you said, we get that bombshell of of. Uh, the, the OG Sam's been on Earth the whole time. Yeah. Talking, and he... So, I think... He hangs well, up. He yeah. gets really scared and hangs up. Yeah.
2: Um, says he just wants to go home, and he's crying, and then there's a shot of the Earth. You know? <laughs> Close, but so far away.
1: But that's when he basically comes to new Sam, and is
0: like, no, you're going. Well, they also realize that when that rescue team comes, they're they're probably not there to take anyone home. No. Yeah. They're just going to kill him. <laughs> and we find <laughs> out they are not. Probably activate um, a new
2: clone, yeah. Yeah, uh, new Sam... Hang on. Let's see.
0: So it, it's old. Yeah, old Sam
2: says that this crew's coming. They're going to, they find both of us here. They won't let us live. Mm-hmm. So Gotta you're going to live.
1: And so they kind of devise a plan that um, it's actually really, but when they still think it's old Sam, that's going to go. And they basically clear out the little drone thing that they normally send the Helio three. And yeah. um, he puts him in there and he's like, you comfy. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, what if I have to take a shit? He's like, you hold it in, man, for three <laughs> days. This is what you got to do, man. Yeah,
2: he said he did the math, and you're going to pull a lot of G's, but you can make it.
1: And I, old Sam figures out like there's no way I'm going to survive this, like, because he's already drifting off at the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, like he's really the makeup artist did a great job too mm, yeah. of just like he looks. Whew. rapidly making him go downhill quickly. Yeah. Um, and very believably, too. Like, he just looks very, very sick.
2: Um, uh, they tell Gertie to wake up a new clone. Gertie's like, that can only happen if a three-year contract is up. But new Sam says that if he doesn't, then he and the other Sam are going to be killed. So it's Gertie's job to protect them. So it's like, okay. Yeah,
0: it's a bit of that whole, like, robot logic. Yeah, play.
2: yeah. I'll wake up the new clone. <laughs> And
0: so
1: once they devise their plan that um he says basically to old Sam like somebody's got to be in that rover. Mm-hmm. When they come back. So
0: originally it was going to be new Sam. Mm-hmm. It was going to be in the rover. Old Sam was going to take the thing home. But I think with these final breakdowns that's whenever like they never really come out and like say it say it, but this is where like the old Sam realizes like he's not going to make it. If I go to Earth I'm just going to like die the second I get there cuz yeah. of this like degeneration. Yeah. And he makes the big choice of, well, you know, if anyone goes, it should be the new one. Because he's still going to have, you know, at least three years to do something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to put the new clone body in the rover, uh, where the crew is expecting to find the clone body. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's going to send old Sam back in the Helium-3 transport.
1: Um, Well, and that plan completely changes. Yeah. Um, And basically, they decide they're going to wake up the new clone new Sam is going to go back home and old Sam is going to be in the rover. Mm-hmm. And then the fresh one will be there fresh yeah. like it should be. Yeah.
2: Right. Cause yeah, at this point old Sam is just barely conscious. Well, and they know,
1: uh, back on earth, they know that what they think they know is that old Sam is dead mm-hmm. because they make a funny comment. <laughs> like how do you fuck up a rover and the roamer like at the same time? Mm-hmm. And Gertie's yeah. and it's funny because Gertie's still covering for him mm-hmm. he's like uh, it was an accident you know beyond that it was ex- extenuating circumstances kind <laughs> of a thing it's an incalculable situation and uh, so I, they, we get the scene where new Sam and old Sam are driving old Sam out to the rover to, mm-hmm. or the, the crawler thing to put him in there um, and they have this beautiful moment talking together about how they met Tess yeah it's um, so the one thing they kind of can bond over in a way. And it's just, it's a funny story. It's just a, a cute first meeting story kind of a thing about mm-hmm. like how they met and they get to bond. And he notices he looks over and old Sam is what we think is gone. Yeah. He's basically unconscious at this point. Um, and ah man, the way Sam Rockwell looks at him, <laughs> the way he looks at him like this just sadness of, Like this shouldn't happen. Mm -hmm.
0: And we'll also imagine like anything, like we said last episode, like the cool thing about sci-fi is you ask those big questions. Yeah. So imagine yourself in that situation and you find out that you're a clone and there's this other clone and you you literally watch yourself die in front of your eyes. Yeah. That's got like, that's a breaking point of its
1: own for Mm -hmm. new Sam. You know, I think he's been so focused on the mission at this Mm -hmm. point that this one reminds him of the reality that we are human. Yeah. Um, Gertie's going to make a statement to him later, you know, after he, he comes back and he's about ready to go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he puts him in the Rover, comes back and everything. Um, and he's about ready to, to go on his little journey. And Gertie makes a statement about like, you know, I can tell all the other clones or something like that. And Sam looks at him and he's like, we're not clones, we're people. Mm-hmm. And he's basically reminding Gertie, like, yeah, I know you're a, a robot or robot. whatever, but we are still people, and this is what the corporation didn't seem to give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Is that we're
0: not to be used like this. <laughs> Which um, hasn't changed much from now. No. no. <laughs> and the other really sad thing is, and Gertie's the one that brings this up, is the, the final thing is he's like, Sam, you have to wipe my memories of everything that's happened. Yeah, otherwise they're going to get here and they're going to see. I've been recording everything. Yeah, they're going to see it. It's part of his function. He can't help it.
1: It just yeah. happens. And Gertie just offers for his memory to be wiped. Um, And Sam does it, I think, reluctantly, mm-hmm. because I think Gertie's been the only friend
2: he's had. Right. There is a bond there. He does take the kick me sign off the back of Gertie <laughs> yeah. at this point on the little notepad he put on there. Uh, Yeah, so also new Sam changes the course of one of the harvesters yeah. before he gets into the transport.
0: Since it's straight to one of those fucking radio those jammers, jammers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that Eliza uh, team arrives. Oh, the other smart thing he does is he gets himself a full canister of the Helium-3. Right. Yeah. Right. Because that stuff is uh, worth a lot. We're led to believe.
2: Mm-hmm. And they get some provisions and stuff, which I worry about. Because how is he actually going to get out of his EVA suit? I think
1: it was probably more for when he gets home. <laughs> What's he going to do? You know, like... Yeah, he doesn't know. Yeah, that's that's true. Anyway. Um, it, it. I think you're led to believe based on like him carving that thing that he doesn't really remember much from home Mm -hmm.
2: i just got the the the, i got the impression it was for the trip but he can't get out of his ebay ebay suit in the you know Mm -hmm. hold of this little train
1: i do love he brings that big yellow um comforter yeah like like this 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 giant like (laughs) comforter suit yeah. yeah, and at one point he's in it. and He's like, "Thanks for this, man." He's like telling the other <laughs> no. Sam, "Like this is really
0: cozy, man. Thank you for this." It's like a security blanket, almost. Yeah.
2: yeah, the rescue team gets there. They find old Sam and the rover dead.
1: And that's yes. where we find out that they were definitely not there. Yeah, because he comes down with a fucking gun. Yeah, which I'm kind yeah. of wondering. Like, oh, but that's that gonna it, do up here. But isn't it before shoot, the team just finds fine.
0: them? They they launch the rocket. And we find out that old Sam was still alive. Because doesn't he watch the launch? Yeah, he sees it the launch off. he yeah. yeah, he at least wakes up enough to... And it was his plan all along to force the new Sam to go. The yeah. gun
2: the gun will work just fine. Because bullets have their... Modern firearms have their own oxidants in the gunpowder. So it will shoot mm. just fine on the moon. Wouldn't that slow it down, though? No, I guess no, it would just no. stay... In, it would actually go further. It would stay in motion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would it be much a, yeah. more dangerous. Yeah, unless they...
0: So if they did shoot it, some
2: planet, like... Well, I mean, the moon's gravity would catch it eventually, but yeah. it would travel further than it does on Earth.
0: But yeah, you're right, Jason. They they walk up there, and they're not there to save anyone because they're locked and loaded, yeah, and ready to throw down, yeah.
2: Uh, let's
1: and see. it basically just kind of fades from there. We just see um, this funny scene of new Sam whooping, yeah, in the. I guess he's pulling some G's in the thing, uh, in the drone flying back home. <laughs> And yep. it just basically shows him going to Earth. And then we get the overlay, like some sound overlay. Yeah, we, get, we get some audio. We get of, some
0: more like TV footage kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And it uh, basically is giving you kind of what happens after Sam gets home. And Sam has gone straight to the authorities, essentially, and is like... Yep, revealed everything. Told everything. And then the final note that it ends on hasn't changed in since 2009, um, some dude on a call-in show is basically like he's either fucking delusional or an illegal alien. Yeah, he's lying. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's basically the end of the film. But aren't we told also that like the stocks are doing yeah that, like down, down thirty yeah, percent or crashing. something? Yeah. yeah. So yep. he's basically trying to bring them down.
0: But that's I mean,
1: you don't really need much more closure than that. I think.
0: I think it would have been a mistake to actually show him on Earth. Yeah, so it was very like smart yeah. choice. Yeah. No,
1: I do too. I don't think that would have been part of the story. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, very fucking compelling movie. Just yeah. The idea of it, the execution of it, yeah. man. I think what, uh, you know, made the waves when it first came out was like, oh, it's a one-man, mm-hmm. one-man movie. They don't do this very much. It's it's a low-budget sci-fi, which is also something they don't do anymore. Nope. Yeah.
0: Nope. Um, I got a bunch of notes you guys want. Sure, do it, man. Go for it. Uh, we'll rifle through these quick. It was Duncan Jones' directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Hell of a first feature. Yeah. Um, He stated in interviews he really wanted to pay homage to some of his favorite films of his youth that were science fiction. He name-dropped uh, Silent Running, Alien, and Outland. Yeah, you, you,
2: uh, Silent Running you get because it's like one lone character. Mm-hmm. All he has are like yeah. robots for friends. Alien, the whole kind of run-down, corporate.
0: Yeah, the weird like... It is the future, but it's also, like, low-tech future. Yeah, and also there's this, like, omnipresent
2: company, you know. <laughs> the corporation. And Outland has the whole countdown thing. Mm. I don't know if you ever saw Outland. It's basically I, I never a have, It's I've... a remake of High Noon in space. Oh, cool. So Sean Connery's this marshal, and there's these thugs coming in so much time, and he's
0: like, well, what am I going to do?
1: Yeah. Which one's the one where Sean Connery wears that? Zardoz. Uh... Oh, yeah. The Red Diaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a very different film. Oh. No. Um, some more stuff that the director has said about this. Um, He said it was in his intent to write for a science fiction literate audience. He wanted to make a film that would be appreciated by people like himself and that loved the sort of films that he grew up on in that genre. He's talking about us. Uh, Thank you, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He also went on to say, we wanted to create something which felt comfortable within the canon of these types of science fiction films from the late seventies to early eighties. For me, the moon has a weird mythic nature to it. There is still a mystery there after all these years as a location, it bridges the gap between science fiction and science fact. Uh, we as humankind have been there. It is something so close and so plausible. And yet, at the same time, we really honestly don't know that much about it. Yeah, I still think of that dude I gave an Uber ride to.
1: Like <laughs> Five minutes into the ride, he's like, Oh man, the moon's hollow. That's a space station. <laughs> I've heard like, that one before. Yeah, like, it, excuse me. <laughs> that's no
2: moon. It's a space station.
0: He's like, no, no, they're watching us. When from did you up pick there. up Alec Guinness? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I've seen this stuff too, where they say there's like the like constructed facilities on the moon, like in, oh, the, yeah. in the dark side of the moon. This dude yeah. bought that oh, oh, hook, line, and sinker, man. He was all
1: in on that, and I kind of wish that I wasn't <sighs> driving him like an hour away. <laughs> um,
0: it was filmed in 33 days. Pretty. That's a tight fast shoot. Production. Yeah. Yeah um apparently Duncan Jones actually wrote the the main central part of Sam Bell for Sam Rockwell um there was another thing that Jones was working on that didn't really pop off and he really wanted Sam Rockwell for it but it didn't pan out and he kind of had that thought in his mind like from that point forward like I want to work with him I want him to be the star in one of my films Um, I mean he didn't
1: star in Warcraft so that's really the only other thing he's done (laughs) Mm.
0: Mm. Uh, a little Kevin Spacey fact I guess question mark Um, (laughs) he read the script and he was interested in the idea of voicing Gertie um, but he said make the film shoot it entirely and then I'm going to watch it and see how I feel about it which they did and he loved it so much that he went in and recorded all his lines in half a day shot through the whole thing
1: that's a little bit of an arrogant asshole move, though. Yeah. You know, like... We should have seen the signs. Let me but, see if it's worth <laughs> my time. Yeah, I mean, that's bullshit. Like, you read the script, you talk to the director, you find out, do I want to work with this person, mm-hmm. and do I trust my... Do I trust their vision to do
0: this? But he, at the time, was a big name, and this is a first feature with a $5 million budget, so I can kind of see... Yeah, I get it, but animal. it doesn't make him any less of an asshole. Well.
2: He's an asshole for far greater reasons than that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um,
0: Michael, you had mentioned the models used for a lot of the outdoor shots. Um, filming all of that took eight days. Cool. For them like adjusting and positioning and everything. And um, he got uh,
2: Bill Pearson to work on that. The model oh, maker for Alien. Yeah.
0: Helped oh, design nice. Them. <laughs> um, when they finished the film, they actually presented it at NASA. At like a little conference thing there. And um, one of the things they asked him about in the Q&A was about the design of the bunker and why he kind of designed it to look that way. And he said that he was trying to think about how this would all, you know, work conceptually in the future if it was a thing that would actually, like, be logically to exist. And he said that he thought that um, when you went there to, like, build a facility, it would be foolish to ship all the materials up there. And so instead, you would, like, dig out of the moon itself and construct something to make that habitat... And one of the NASA personnel that was there brought up to him that like one of the theories they were working on in like a project was to this idea of mooncrete, which was that they would take materials from the moon and make a concrete-like substance.
2: Yeah, I read that. That's really cool. Yeah. Maybe we can buy that uh,
0: dude's moon
1: rocks on Facebook Marketplace and see if we can make our own mooncrete.
0: <laughs> um, oh, this is a really fun one. I definitely had to mention this one. To cut down on the production costs with their tight budget um jones was able to reuse several set pieces from an abandoned movie set uh that the bbc had for the sci-fi comedy red dwarf yeah it's a ah. serious
2: red dwarf which i've never seen all the sci-fi geeks love. it's very it's beloved
0: yeah um and the sleeping quarters and that corridor that leads up to the secret chamber those were sets from red dwarf that's cool i'll have to break down and watch that it's fun it has almost like a douglas adamsy vibe to right. it but it's not like his level but yeah. close Uh, Let's see, it won a bunch of awards, which is cool. A lot of nominations. Uh, It got the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation in 2010. It's cool. And then a scientific journal, Cognitive Sciences, in 2013, they did an issue about what they called the top brain science movies of all time. Now, these were movies that were, like, science fiction-focused, but um, they would rank them on kind of, like, how plausible it was, how much they tried to, like, attempt to be accurate and such and um Moon was number five in their top 10 huh. for quality of film number nine on accuracy and number three for relevance hmm. as far as like how important the ideas were in it to the potential future
2: awesome
1: i think it's it's interesting where we've shifted now as a society that now it would 100 be ai yeah you know like that would just basically do that job and we would automate it instead yeah, of using it would be humans fully, fully. automated I think yeah um, but it does lend the question though like as smart as AI is don't you need somebody there in case yeah. it fails humans are probably cheaper and, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, uh, it would if they were to actually yeah do cloning technology if they, that they would... just
2: recycle the same <laughs> human over and over you know, and you why could, not?
1: you could the the sad thing is is it's no stretch to think of a corporation doing this oh no like it's just Easily. immediately like, oh yeah, I buy that. I yeah, mean, over doing- ten years later, and you know
2: we got child labor again.
1: Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> they're doing shit like that now. <laughs> Bezos is like, wait, you know I me, mean? I can make them and put them in there. <laughs> right. Like I don't yeah. have
0: to hire them. And just think about like someone sat in a. Like a business meeting, and they were like, Why don't we just clone the original guy and we don't have to pay to train anyone? Yeah, <laughs>
2: Greg, what are you talking about? That's a brilliant idea. How Greg. much money do you cut out having them ferry them back and forth, even mm-hmm. if it is three years? That's still expensive. And just then the, keep the, them there and just keep yourself. The general there.
0: thing of what if you get someone that doesn't work out, and now you've invested all that money to train yeah. them and send them up there, and then you have to bring someone else in, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I believe a future corporation would do this. I believe a present-day corporation would do this if they had the technology.
0: Yeah, 100%. I got two more things. The Helium-3 that's the big energy source. I wanted to throw this in there just for my own love (laughs) of things. Um, In the original Gundam series, what's called the Universal Century, all those shows, Helium-3 is actually their primary energy source as well. It's used as to make these like fusion reactors that they both use to power everything and also to operate the mobile suits.
2: That oh, so it's like they're a proto-matter from mm-hmm. Robotech.
0: Um, and it's actually from a real existing theory. There's um, uh, I pulled this, so there's a lot of speculation about the possibility of helium-3 in the future as an energy source. Uh, unlike most nuclear fusion reactions, the fusion of helium-3 atoms release large amounts of energy without causing the surrounding material to become radioactive. Mm. So the potential idea, and actually what they even do in Gundam, is that it's this you're basically getting nuclear power with none of the dangers. It's not a code fusion, basically. Mm. Which is really compelling, interesting idea. And and for Gundam, that becomes like a core of their entire story of like there becomes like conflict over that. Um, later in like subsequent shows, there's this thing about the Jupiter Empire, and they have like a hold on the trade of Helium 3. And that's actually existing, like, where are there deposits of helium-3? There's a great deposit on the moon, which obviously fed into this film. But the greatest deposits in our solar system are actually out where the gas giant planets are. And Jupiter is one of the most prominent ones. Cool. So I love when, like, this could be a thing, potential science. Yeah, theoretical possibility. Yeah, it gets, like, weaved into a story that way. Neat. And last thing, um, this film, again, it sets up this big universe that we only get a slice of. And they've made more additions to it. So we got in 2018 a film called Mute. And it came out direct to Netflix.
2: I never fucking heard of this movie.
0: Me either. I I actually...
1: Okay, I didn't know that's what it was. And I did watch it. Uh Uh-oh. Heard it's terrible.
0: It wasn't good. Yeah, the reviews are just oof. Apparently Um, it was his Blade Runner, basically. Yeah, it it was very Blade Runner-esque to break it down. It wasn't a direct sequel. It was just another film in that universe and kind of gave you a look at what life's like on Earth. And it followed a mute bartender who dealt with criminal elements in his city as he searched for his missing love interest. And it was kind of this neo-noir yeah. future tale. And while it's not a sequel to Moon, there is a little head nod. There's a there's a scene where we get a TV broadcast in the background, and it shows this courtroom, and they're doing a trial over this lunar corporation, and there's multiple Sams present. <laughs> that's hilarious. And they're giving their testimony about everything. That's fun. So that's a nice little coda in a way to that. There was a third film planned, and I guess it didn't pop off because... Seems yeah. like Mute didn't go so well, um, but they made it into a graphic novel that came out in 2020 called Maddie. Once upon a time in the future. Mm. So if you if you see this film and you really dig it and you want more of that world, there's more you can go to.
2: Can't see, attest to the quality. Yeah, but we don't know about the quality. I just but... don't know if it needs a world.
0: No, probably not. It doesn't. But... It doesn't.
2: I mean, it's if you can work it in, it's it's a cute little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as like a functioning,
1: I see a creator like liking the the sandbox that they're playing in and you know mm-hmm. want to keep doing it but not everything needs a world
2: no 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 not at all. all right okay. so oh, it had a budget of five million only made 9.8 million i'm sure the advertising on this probably wasn't astronomical no i, I can see it being <laughs> one of those things where
0: people saw the trailer and it's like it's not a big action movie yeah it's... so i it probably really <laughs> didn't
2: common wisdom is a movie has to make twice his budget to even break even. So I have a feeling. This I wonder is- what it's made now, though. You know, like, I mean, honestly, wait till after this episode
1: drops. It's <laughs> just going to. Yeah, man. You overestimate our power. <laughs> wait, Sam Rockwell's going to call me and be like, thanks for the royalty yeah, checks, man. buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, which I was wrong. I thought this was streaming for free. So I actually had to
2: pay for this. I did as well. Yeah, I got it on Amazon. And I do not regret it. Uh, No, no, that's worth a five buck rental or whatever it was.
1: Uh, So I guess that leads us into your thoughts on the film. Uh I think we've been pretty candid that we all liked it, but it's a matter of how much did we like it. How much did we like it? Right. Uh, I'll go first since it was my pick. It was your pick. I I hadn't seen this since probably 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, I had actually just met my wife at the time, and she had a uh, pirated copy. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Well, because I don't think it was out. Like I don't think uh, I don't think you could really buy it yet. So she'd heard about it and was like, "We should watch this." And I remember at the time I was like, hey, "This is pretty good. This is pretty good." Mm. And then I, it's always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like I've always thought about this movie when I think about sci-fi films. Um, there's kind of like a category I'd put this in, like of the sci-fi films. And it was ones that I was leaning towards anyway. Like mm-hmm. other ones that popped in my head were like Ex Machina. Oh, God. I love that. Which is so good. But I feel
0: like a lot of people have probably seen that. Mm. I mean, it won awards, right? Yeah. yeah. Like bigger ones. I haven't watched that one. Yet. Oh, You man. fucker. I don't know how. I just <laughs> haven't gotten around to it. No,
1: that one's great. Uh, and then, like, Annihilation. It's also Alex Garland. Yeah, yeah. Alex, basically, like, okay, let's <laughs> look really at Alex Garland them. movies, sci-fi movies. I love Annihilation. Um, you know, those kind of movies are mm-hmm. in my head, and, and I don't know. I think this one kind of falls in that same feeling for me. Big ideas,
0: big questions. Yeah, it's
2: a little, It's closer to the hard sci-fi category mm-hmm. than,
0: you know. Yeah, you know, one that made me really think of, like, going to novels, because I made a lot of novel references last time, is uh, Heinlein has one, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, that's about, like, workers on the moon, and they lead a revolt. Hmm. And this was kind of giving me shades of that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Andy Weir has a new one uh, called
1: Artemis. Mm. The guy who wrote The Martian. Nice. Um, I I started. It. It's pretty good, uh, but it's kind of. I like those kind of moon theories too. You know, of like
2: they're hollow and have bases on the dark no, side. No, <laughs> I, I
1: really. I I don't know. I just kind of dig the whole. I shouldn't dig it because it's depressing, but the whole like corporations doing their thing of like, okay, well the moon is the next place we should go. Right. Cause we've just used up everything we have here. So let's go there. I like that. I like that sandbox that, yeah, that sure. people like to play in. Um, but Sam Rockwell's performance has always stood out to me for this. I think he's mm-hmm. the re like, this movie is what made me watch things that he's in that I get excited when I see his name on something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is because of this movie um, he carries it. A I, I sit at a solid four and a half. Nice. nice I don't. Nice. I don't think it's. I don't think I can give it a five. Um, Let me ask. What's holding back that point five? You no know, boobies. I don't. Yeah. Uh, and, and only Sam Rockwell's butt. butt. No, if he you turned know, around, you needed yeah. the turnaround, right? Ah, uh, I've seen everything. It's too late. <laughs> uh, I honestly don't know hmm. what's holding me back on it. Okay. Well, that's fine. Well. You know, I think it's do. Spacey. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's hard for me to give this a five, right. just because. And That's, we talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, disassociate the art. from Can or, you
1: disassociate uh, it? I cannot. Right. Go, I can't go with it's, what you're comfortable. It's with. It's always going to taint that for me. So like, as, you said taint. as good <laughs> as the fucking Usual Suspects is. Now you got Brian Singer who's a fucking asshole and you've got Kevin Spacey who's a fucking asshole. It's almost
2: impossible to watch that movie. Yeah, yeah, you're like,
1: God damn it, was everyone in this movie a piece of shit? I think Gabriel Byrne's pretty cool. Yeah, I think he's a okay. Del Toro, he's cool. Yeah. Oh, For now. Everybody else, fuck <laughs> them. <Yeah. laughs> I do question the accent he gave himself or the little speech impediment he gave himself in The Last Jedi, but yeah.
2: you know, because apparently oh, Kevin was... Pollack was in the Usual Suspects. Oh, he's great. He's cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: he. Yeah, Kevin Pollock's great. You can't can't well, deny him. Four four point five for that, I say is fair.
2: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love it. There's a reason that I brought it. Yeah, that's my pick. I've seen it before, so I'll I'll go ahead and give my okay. summary. Uh, same as you, I saw it. It kind of stuck in my head. It's one of those things I always thought about whenever I thought about you know good, hard sci-fi type movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Sam Rockwell. Just I mean, it's his movie. This is his. It's a showcase. You know, any a lesser actor, it wouldn't have been nearly as compelling. No. It would have um, been forgotten, probably. Defoe yeah. could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Defoe could have done <laughs> it. Well, what can Defoe not do this? Right. <laughs> and he's done butt shots before, so. Um, the direction is good. I mean, it's, it's fairly pedestrian, but that's also the point mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. He's invoking that whole almost uh, documentary cinema verite style of the 70s. Yeah, that even builds the atmosphere in a way. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a good, compelling story to, or It raises questions about identity and, and self and corporate greed, which will never go away. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't do four and a half stars. Uh-oh. I can do four stars. I'll give it four stars. I knew you were not
1: a four and a half on this one.
2: No. All right. Where's that star? Is it Kevin Spacey? Um, I think as good as it is, it doesn't get to that classic Mm. level you know like mm-hmm. i don't think this is ever going to be like like 2001's five stars right you know and this this is as good as it is it's not a two thousand
1: one. i think there's a tension lost somewhere too i don't think there's enough tension
0: like it's Could there be. but uh, it's not the tension like 2001 i think it's because you expect gertie to turn against sam but then i'm glad they don't go that route because that's yeah that's, that's the been obvious. done yeah right. yeah they would never have topped how? You keep
2: expecting it with Kevin Spacey voicing on <laughs> me any minute now. Oh, my God. And that
0: is an interesting thing about like things that happen, and now we go back to watch a film, and like w- reality has colored our perception. Because I, the whole time, was like, all right, when is he just going to be like, I can't let you do that, Sam. Yeah, right. I'm going to touch your weenies. <laughs> one, one,
2: one final note I want to make is that uh, we're all fans of like indie RPGs, right? Mm-hmm. And the RPG Death in Space, mm-hmm. yes. the cover, the, the poster of Moon... Well, I guess the cover of Death in Space reminds me of the
0: poster of Moon. That's fair. I didn't think about that. I really think it's supposed to be that. a reference because the game you're talking about, which we need to play it, we all we have we it, do. we don't have played play it yet. It. But it is that like very corporate. You're like in mm-hmm. space. The universe is uncaring. Everything's run down and yeah, yeah. alien esque without the aliens yeah. front and center. Cool.
2: So, what did you think, man?
0: So, this was the first watch for me. I've mm-hmm. had this movie highly recommended to me, like God, so many times, like constantly. People be like, "Have you seen Moon? You should see Moon." And it's not that I didn't want to watch it. It was kind of just one of those things, like. Oh, you got so many fucking movies. Yeah, watch. I, never watch had, time. I never had the compulsion to watch it. So when you picked this, I was like, "Dude, this is great! I can finally check this off my list." Um, and I fucking loved it, man. Like it was so good. Like all the things he was referencing, you know, two thousand one, um, Alien. Yeah. All the all the all the kind of the films. He was like, "I was trying to make these. I love all of those. I I think this is like a worthy, kind of in that vein of, a type of sci-fi film. I love that it's." It's the kind that's very heady, it's asking big questions, it's using science fiction to comment about our current society and things that are going on with corporate greed, corporate corruption. Um, I think that for the small budget, they killed it on the effects and the visuals and the way everything looks. Sure. If you just cold-asked me and I hadn't done the research and you would say, Dustin, how much do you think, Like, what was the budget of this movie? I would assume it is much higher than mm-hmm. $5 million. There's no way I could imagine they made it for $5 million. But they did and i think that's a testament to how talented the whole cast and crew are yeah. in the production and the creation to get these kind of visuals and this look on that sort of budget um it's what happens when you plan
2: you yes. have to have a vision
0: yes and an idea and you're not just shitting something out because <laughs> <laughs> you already have like a, a deadline uh-huh. somehow somehow <laughs> somehow
2: sam rock will return
0: <laughs> <laughs> um the plot i love the plot i thought it was perfect it was it's very twilight zoney and then it gets super deep and it's just so high concept, so cool, such an interesting idea. This is like that sci-fi literary style, like realized into film, and I fucking loved it. And I, I am of the three of us, the one that is the most like I can just cut off any kind of real world thing and just like sure. go with the film. So when I hit letterbox and I pressed my little stars and hit submit, I gave it five stars. Whoa, and I five will, like, star movie. Agree with you, Jason. I I don't think it is two thousand one, and I would say two thousand one for me is a five star film, but I think. To me, they can both be five stars for different reasons and different aspects that I appreciate. Sure, fair enough. So, killer fucking pick, Michael. Awesome. I always look at like rewatchability of mm-hmm. something. Like, yeah,
1: something can be like something can be a like a one-time five-star movie, mm-hmm. and then I'll never watch it again. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. after watching this a second time, I realized that I could watch it <laughs> a lot more. I could yeah. watch
2: it. Yeah, actually, revisit it every five, ten years or something. You like know, that. like.
1: And I'm sure that each time you watch, you'd pick up something different, which Mm -hmm. I kind of like. That it's each time. I love those little Easter egg things that you can pop in there and see something new each time you watch it.
0: Now, am I compelled to go on and check off the rest of the Moonverse? Uh, No. I watched
1: Mute, man. I
0: don't. I'll
1: be honest with you. I don't remember jack shit about it. That tells you everything you need to know (laughs) right there. Well, so it did come out. Mute did come out right around, I want to say, Hold the Dark. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because Scar was in it, and I was like, "Oh, I should watch it. I like Scar. I just really liked what he did in Hold the Dark. He's having a moment, um, so I should watch this." <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, Uh-oh. uh oh!" But it is also kind of hanging around that altered carbon yeah. uh, time oh, yeah. too. There seems to be like
2: a lot of cyberpunk type stuff around the time,
1: and, and that doesn't make sense to me. Like this moon doesn't feel like a cyberpunk. No,
2: well, we don't know what's going on on Earth. You know <laughs> that <laughs> is
1: true, but well, but based on that ad at the beginning of the film you do in a way how old's that ad well, that's, true, yeah. <laughs> that's true that could have been when they first made the base yeah i don't know it just I, nothing about moon felt cyberpunk to me
0: well, I, did, I didn't
2: see these scott brown realty signs anywhere on the moon <laughs>
0: scott brown motherfucker get the fuck out <laughs> um and now i'm to put that in the show notes yay. yay um i thought my thought about it was i i didn't i watched the trailer from you I read the synopsis, and I was like, this sounds nothing like Moon at all in any way, shape, or form, other than there's a the little cameo. Yeah. I'm curious about the graphic novel now. Yeah, that might be good, because sometimes when you get a weird situation, like a film that doesn't do well, when you continue the idea to a graphic novel or that format, you can kind of... Might be more successful. Yeah. Unless it's Buffy. <laughs> which, you know... <laughs> you just <laughs> fucking
2: stop. This is not the show I love. <laughs> Fuck you. <Okay. laughs> All right, well, well,
1: I'm happy to come back on a, a high note. And
2: we're very happy to have you back. Great man, episode.
1: Especially with a good great movie.
0: pop back in for you, and you fucking killed it with a great film.
1: Thank you, thank you. I mean, I, you uh, all just
0: keep p- picking shit. So yeah, you have to gotta, come in and save us. Yeah, somebody's so. got to come in. and Raising the bar, making it me really stress out now over here. Uh-oh, speaking um, of. So we've got one more sci-fi film to do. And Jason, you gave us a vision of the future of a post-apocalypse. Michael, you took us to the future where we're focused on space And corporate greed and energy issues. So I thought the best way to go forward was to also focus on another type of potential future Mm -hmm. that's neither of those two. So we get a little bit of a breadth through all the things that sci-fi can be. And so I'm going to go a little cyberpunk on us. All right. And, of course, I also have to bring a Japanese film. Of course. Mm -hmm. So here we go. We're going to go with one of my all-time favorite directors, Mamoru Oshii, and his 2001 film, a Polish-Japanese co-production, Avalon
2: avalon
1: avalon i felt like there was a big like lead up and there should be a sound effect right
0: there. <laughs> uh, if we did trailers that's where the trailer would cut in but we don't do that so this guy um, hasn't sexually assaulted anybody that you know of has he to my knowledge no and okay if, cool wow. i mean he's japanese let's play the odds if you're anime savvy <laughs> you're gonna uh... shit that was a joke
2: holy shit
0: that was Uh-oh. a joke. I don't feel so we bad all my, love the Japanese. I don't years. feel so bad about my Ezra Miller
2: snack now. <laughs> I mean, you only got a
1: pronoun wrong. Jason
0: insulted an
1: entire nation of
0: people. An entire nation I adore. Well, join us in the next episode as Michael and me continue the show. <laughs> I'm apparently I'm barely back now. So. Hoth can take my place. Um, no, I don't want to say too much about this other than we're getting a future where there's this very immersive virtual reality world that you jack into.
1: <laughs> that's, that's the term.
0: <laughs> oh jason jacks into wow. an, an immersive world all the time okay we're talking cyberpunk so that's what you say no, you jack in <laughs> um yes and it focuses on this He's jacking in right now <laughs> it focuses on this sort of semi-legal virtual reality video game sort of Can like you a,
1: knock it off uh sort of
0: like a mmorpg almost in a way okay so is this easily accessible do we have to like pirate anything so us. i was worried about that because it was very preeminent in my mind and i was like i need to make sure people can actually get to this mm-hmm. and it is currently streaming on shit i had it up and now it went away we, we can cut this out it's okay i should probably cut my japanese joke out too no, somebody get the it. damn
1: hose he's still got he's still <laughs> jacking in over here <laughs>
2: uh
0: uh-huh. hold on
2: how do you spell it a v e j a c a
0: k L-O-N, like Avalon, like the Arthurian legend Avalon.
2: It's not coming up on Just Watch.
0: Well, Just Watch fucking lies anyway. You can stream it on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, sweet. See, I was worried about the availability, but the thing is is this film got licensed by Miramax back in the day and got a release over here on DVD. Mm. I actually have the DVD... I so not think Harvey Weinstein. Did I was. That. Yeah, I can't watch it now. It's associated with Miramax. Man, is, you know, movies in 2023. It's like you're walking through a fucking minefield. You can't win. Everybody sucks. Go watch a damn movie. Um, yeah, but Paramount Plus. You can rent on Amazon too. I think. You think you just broke him? Mm-hmm. I think he broke. <laughs> uh, Avalon. We'll we'll get awesome. into it.
2: I look forward
0: to it, my friend. Cool. Well. Um, this is bringing us to the end of another episode. So as usual, you can reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, send us an email at genre at gmail dot com. We want to know what sci-fi movies you like and that you think are cool. And maybe leave us a film recommendation because every time we finish a block, we always check out a film that you guys are telling us to look into covering it, doing, doing a good time, checking out some interesting films that maybe aren't on our radar. Yeah. Send us something we really jack into. <laughs> <laughs> send us some more cyberpunk films so Jason can jack into them. Um, and now, if you send us one and we use it for an episode, if you are willing and want one, we will mail you a super cool genre exposure sticker. You will be the envy of
2: all of your friends. You'll be the
0: envy of all of your friends. They will ask you how to get them, and you will say, Go and recommend a movie to genre exposure. Give up all your personal information. They definitely won't show up at your house with a copy of Spookies and Winter Beast, <laughs> and sub- subject you to some terrible films. And awkwardly stare at you the whole time. <laughs> Definitely not. Hopefully they don't fucking dance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we'll, we'll do our intermission dance for you as well. Yeah. Don't send them your address. Get a P.O. box. <laughs> It'll be the most expensive sticker you've ever you've ever
2: got.
0: Because you have to get a P.O. box just to hide it. In a different town. <laughs> and, and as we say, it is totally voluntary. So if you're not cool with that, it's perfectly fine to decline. We, we understand. We understand. You don't know who we are. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Michael, would you like to do the outro since do you're it, back? Do yeah. uh, what, what it, say? What do I
2: say? Just tell them to go to all the socials what, and stuff.
0: Whatever you want to say. Oh, you already did that. Oh, you did that. And, and
2: well, just tell, say say you're going to be back again sometime soon, <laughs> and you look forward <laughs> to uh, connecting with our audience again. Okay, hold on. <coughs> It's been absolutely phenomenal talking
1: with you guys today. Thank you so much for having me back as your special guest here on Genre Exposure. As Dustin said, you can reach out to us on all your socials. Uh, Send a raven, which I don't think anyone's done yet. yet. They're
0: not getting here for some reason.
1: Eh. (laughs) There's a lot of dead ravens somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, But until next time, I'll pop back in at some point. Damn Hell right yeah. you will. Whenever you guys start sucking it up again and you need a good movie. <laughs> that shouldn't take long. I'll I'll pop back in. Really and, boost our numbers. Yeah. <laughs> There's two more people listening. <laughs> the two that dropped out when I left. <laughs> yes. They're like, Oh, Michael's back. I'll listen to this one. Yeah, he's fucking gone again. All right. All right. Well, as always, you have been listening to Genre Exposure.
2: Bye everyone. Take care.